Happy Shane Baz Day to those who celebrate. My name is Brandon Tuma. I will be your host today. I am joined by Dinger Dan Harris on the Monday, September 20th edition of Leading Off. Mr. Dan Harris, we're coming in with some good energy today. How are you? What is on your face? These are my Kike Hernandez sunglasses that I got as a giveaway at the Red Sox game this past weekend. We swept the Orioles. We are leading the wild card standings. Myself made it to the championship in two fantasy baseball leagues. So it this weekend, Dan, it was it was fantasy baseball nirvana, baseball nirvana. It was it was a blast this weekend. Uh, I'd like to make it clear that I've made many mistakes since I have been the editor in chief of this company. And I think making you host of this podcast uh, when football season started and Joe had to leave is certainly near the top uh, of that list. Nevertheless, I am happy for you. Uh, It's very fun to be on a text string with you and Mayor uh, right about now because Mayor is so pessimistic about the Red Sox and you are so little boy optimistic about the Red Sox. So it's great. I'm glad you had a fantastic weekend. Um, You look ridiculous, but that's okay. Anytime you can defy the odds and sweep the Orioles at home, there is (laughs) reasons to be excited. Uh, In all seriousness, there are just two weeks left in the baseball season. And I just, I don't know, something about this weekend, I started getting a little reflective and thinking back to where we started with all this. And doesn't like March just feel like so long ago at this point? It does. The baseball season, I don't know about you too, I mean, it's different. The Red Sox are in it, uh, you know, I and I am not. I'm only really heavily involved in one league at this point uh, that has playoffs this week for me, and I'm in the finals, thankfully. But so I always feel like at this point, I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying. It feels like you're ready to get going still. But for me, I'm just like on fumes trying to finish out the season And then I cannot wait to dive into next year. Like that's where I'm at at this point. You know, I understand. I share the excitement for 2022. I'm in the the finals in a home league that I've never won. And it would just mean everything to win it. So I definitely feel plugged in coming into this week. And I think the place to start is with Tyler O'Neill, who went three for nine with two homers, five RBIs, five runs. This weekend, we've talked about him as a sneaky, really valuable Roto player because he's hitting 282 with 28 homers and 13 steals. The strikeout rate is high. It's 32.3%. It's manageable, and it's manageable because everything he hits is so hard. He's in the 96th percentile or better in hard hit rate, barrel rate, and expected WOBA. Tyler O'Neill, is this someone who the strikeout rate scares you too much overall, or, or is it okay because because of the hard hit d- data? I mean, if we're talking about rest of season, I'll do whatever <laughs> whatever I need to survive, which is fine. But overall, obviously, 28 homers, 13 steals. The steals, too, make up for it. I mean, what he's doing, like, I wouldn't expect him to hit 282. I don't like the guys that strike out a ton, but, like, you have guys who get by with this profile, like um, – Javi Baez gets by with this exact same profile, right? And we are all always, although people hate Javi Baez from a fantasy perspective unnecessarily as well. So O'Neill is not a guy who I run after or anything like that, but he is certainly a guy who can help your fantasy team and you should buy into given basically, you know, you can live with that strikeout rate if he's going to hit the crap out of the ball every time he touches it, you know? Exactly. And Go Cards does note that his K rate 
is falling. The Cardinals have won eight in a row. They suddenly have a three game lead over the second wild card spot. And part of the reason they're surging so much is because they just finished a three game sweep of the Padres. But yep. the Padres did get a huge start from you, Darvish. Six innings, seven hits, no runs on Saturday. He had 11 swinging strikes. I personally recommended to sit Darvish for this matchup. I don't feel horrible about it because, like, man, there was just not a lot of reason to be optimistic about him coming into this one. I think I was on, I don't know if I was specifically on the show where we talked about this next start, but we definitely both agreed. Yeah, it must have been too much. His last start, I must have been on that show because I remember I was talking about Darvish and we were both like, no, you, you can't. Now, I started him in our league too much, mainly because I'm pretty much out of it. So I just need bodies anyway. But yeah, good to see. Makes you, you know, happy, obviously, about what you might see next year and that all hope is not lost. But for now, I don't know, man. Like, if you're still in it and you have Darvish, you can start him, but I, I don't feel confident. And the Padres have a lot of other problems uh, as well going on in that uh, in that clubhouse, as Biza, Riza, Jizza, our man is mentioning here. Yeah, I do think Darvish, in terms of like starting him this week, he gets the Braves. It's a tough decision. It's a tough decision. And I think yeah, it's honestly just to go with your gut, because you can look at the data either way, because he's had some good starts recently, also some terrible ones. But yeah, the Padres are in free fall, it seems. Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis were seen arguing in the dugout this past weekend. Yep. Yeah, it looked like uh, apparently there was a story this morning from The Athletic that it was a coach and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, it didn't seem crazy. They, they, they've got all sorts of leadership issues, whatever, and they're not going to make the playoffs now. So we'll deal with it later. And hopefully it helps the Bryce Harper MVP bet. That's all I care about at this point. It very well could and probably will. That's a good point, actually. Yes. Uh, We're going scissors. Someone, <laughs> someone who, <laughs> this is a terrible transition, but someone who, I've heard scouts compare to Bryce Harper in terms of how streaky he can get has been Jared Kelnick. Who? <laughs> this past weekend, he went five for nine with three homers, two doubles, three walks, seven RBIs against the Royals. On Friday night, he hit two homers, becoming the youngest Mariner to do so since A-Rod in 1996. In September, Kelnick has a 998 OPS. I did look at everything else. You know, there's nothing. The K rate is the same as it's always been, basically. The walk rate, the fly ball rate, all that stuff still seems in line. So I think it's just a hot streak for Kelnick. At this point, like I, I just think this kind of makes him, okay, he's not must start. He might be usable this week. He goes from, you know, unusable to, to maybe usable. I still don't, as excited as I am about it, I still don't think he's like a must start for the last two weeks no not a must start but i mean whatever man like it, it's week to week at this point if he does get hot we know he has the pedigree this ridiculously poor season doesn't really make sense from everything we know about kelnick from his minor league track record so if he's showing signs of life great like start him. i don't know what his matchups are this week uh week to my but either way like just yeah i'm fine to roll with him even if it's a mini hot streak his his overall numbers now on the month look great because of this so go ahead roll with him See what you can do. Who knows? He does have seven games, and I did know because I looked at it. The Mariners faced two lefties in the first three days, which just gave me a little bit of pause, but yeah, still, he's been hot. All right, some downs from the weekend. It feels like he's been a down every time we've been on and he's pitched, but Hyunjin Ryu, five runs and two innings against the Twins on Friday. 
Five of his past eight starts have been four runs or more. And then he was placed on the IL with the neck strain. So honestly, I, I kind of view it as now at least you don't have to decide whether or not to start him. That is exactly correct. Uh, I'm going to have a t-shirt made saying I survived Hyunjin Ryu's September because I am still going in a league for the playoffs where I started Ryu both of the last two weeks. Yes. And I probably, I thought I probably would have had to start. It's a 14 team league. Like I, my, the pitching available on the wire is nonsensically shot, you know, deep. Like I don't have anything there. So I probably would have thrown him out there. So this is merciful that you don't have to. And it winds up with a bad season to him, but I think he'll be a value in drafts next year. Cause I have to imagine that he was battling something here towards the end of the year. Cause it wasn't that long ago that he had like a three ERA and suddenly it's above four. Like the end of the season here is just going to, I think, turn some people off. But realistically, I think that he's going to be a value next year in drafts. That's a good point. Maybe that next strain has been bothering him for a little longer. Yeah. This, kind of a, a theme of this season. And we've been talking about them between Ryu, Kyle Hendricks, Zach Granke, who we're about to get to in a sec. But some of these soft tossers, it kind of seemed like the wheels finally fell off after being values year in, year out. Granke, four innings, five runs against the Diamondbacks in his past three starts. He's given up 18 earned runs in 13 innings. He faces the A's on Friday. I don't see how you can use Granky this week. No, I've been off Granky the whole year. I, I, you know, I just, I, from what everything I saw coming in, Granky was the one who was showing signs of decline. Hendricks was a guy who was just the same old, same old, doesn't strike out a ton of guys, overperforming his peripherals as he has all his entire career. Ryu was fine. Granky was a guy who I saw real signs of decline coming in the year. And again, he's thrown so many innings in his career. Eventually, the wheels fall off for everybody. So, yeah, that finally seemed to have come to fruition so far this year with Hendricks, man. I mean, it's like all the regression came crashing down at once. And even when like I, I was still starting him up until two weeks ago and then like he'd be OK for like three innings. I'd be like, OK, this is the good Hendricks start. And then it'd be like four home runs or something in a row. So, yeah, all these guys are I mean, certainly not for the rest of this year and even going into next year other than Ryu, who I will still be on. I'll probably be out on both Hendricks and uh, Granky. The final down that I had from the weekend was just the Jesse Winker situation. He finally returned from his intercostal strain on Friday, only to leave that game and immediately be placed back on the IL. They haven't ruled him out for the season or anything like that. So it's unclear how much time he'll miss, but obviously he can't be relied on. And that just stinks. Yeah, they. Uh, I remember earlier in the year where we were doing a redraft, we were talking about Winker, and this was always something with Winker where I just felt like I, I can't, I don't know, whatever it is, whether it's injury or something like that. Performance-wise, he's been fantastic, but obviously this stinks that uh, this is going to end that way. be fascinating to see, Tumo, where he's going to go next year in drafts. Yeah, because there will be people who get scared off by the injury history yep. and all that. Yep. The biggest news and note to discuss, I think, is the Rays calling up Shane Baz to make his MLB debut tonight versus the Blue Jays. Baz, you can make the case he is the second best pitching prospect in baseball. The Rays have a history of calling up some of their best pitching prospects late in the year as they get set for a playoff push. It happened with David Price, Matt Moore, McClanahan last year. He's facing the Blue Jays. I think that really means we should temper expectations. I'm not even starting him just because of the matchup. Yeah, I, I agree. I'll, I mean, it depends. Do you think he's not going to get the two-star week this week? Is he? They'll probably stick with the six-man, right? Because I've got six games this week. 
Yep. So yeah, I looked at that. They have six games. They have a lot of young guys in that rotation. They're cruising to the playoffs. I'd have to think they stick, like you said, with the six man rotation. Yeah. I mean, he was stretched out a little bit lately. And like you said, they're probably getting ready to gear him up for the playoffs. Although price pitched in relief for the most part in the playoffs that year, but I don't think you can start him. You know, I, I, your best case scenario is like you get one fantastic start. And if you miss out on that, you can live with it. I, the better chance is next week. Cause he'll probably get one start this week. Maybe he'd get to next week if he could. But yeah, I agree with you. Not because of performance, just because of the situation. I don't think I would roll with him. Yep. He'll be a fun guy to look at again next year as well. Some final other news and notes. Joey Gallo left Saturday's game with neck tightness and didn't play Sunday. Kyle Tucker left Sunday's game with shoulder discomfort. And Eddie Rosario became the fourth player this season to hit for the cycle. He did so on just five pitches. Yeah. Is uh, the cycle like... That's a lot of cycles per year, right? Like, I don't remember four four people hitting it in one year. Seems it like does, a lot. It, it does sound like a lot. It's been a year like that of a lot of no hitters, a lot of cycles. And I want uh, somebody in the chat, please look this up. I remember like 15 years ago, I was at a game or something like that. And it was the exact same numbers in Major League history of cycles and no hitters. Somebody look up exactly where we are right now in the chat and put it in the chat for us. Our little peanuts and cracker jacks. Get to me. Sorry. <laughs> A lot of pitching standouts from the weekend. Steven Matz, five and two thirds, two runs, five strikeouts on Saturday against the Twins. I just wanted to know, it's been a nice season for him, a 384 ERA and over 140 innings. He had a 968 ERA for the Mets last year. So he hasn't been, you know, this dominant fantasy pitcher by any means, but he, he's had a nice little season here. What What's funny to me is I, I picked him up for a two-start week like eons ago. I remember he had like two really good matchups and I picked him up for that week. And then I remember basically being like, this guy's not so bad. I, I'm just going to roll with him. And I've rolled with him since then. And he had that one bad start against the Orioles. But you look at the earned runs allowed. Other than that, I mean, you look starting it, since August. Zero, two, zero, one, one, two, one. Then the five against Baltimore. And then two against Minnesota. I mean, he's he's had Baltimore. He's had Detroit. He's had Seattle. He's had Cleveland. Pretty good matchups overall. But still. Pretty awesome to see. And again, he's a good guy. Like, I'm glad he's mostly stayed healthy for the most part. But yeah, he just doesn't, you know, he doesn't have the strikeout rate to really go crazy. Not, you know, a strikeout per inning, but still very, very solid season for the guy. 384 ERA. Another guy similar to Robbie Ray, who who is like doing it in the AL East, which, which we yeah. were noting was. I wonder whether Toronto's, uh, you know, pitching coaches are just kind of turning everybody around over there when, when you get there. Who knows? Two of my guys who performed well this weekend, Shane McClanahan returned from the IL five innings, seven strikeouts on Sunday against the Tigers. Dan and I have both noted that we're in on him, but then Logan Gilbert is kind of back from the dead again, seven innings, three hits, one run, five strikeouts against the Royals. I just wanted to note his past four starts. He has a two Oh one ERA. It kind of seemed like we were done with Gilbert there yep. for a while, but he gets the angels on Friday among pitchers with at least a hundred innings. He ranks 17th in K minus walk percent. So that just means he's limiting walks and he's getting good number of strikeouts. The hard hit data is still there a little bit, but he's close. He, he has like two of the three pieces of the FIP triangle. I would start him on Friday against the angels. And again, someone to look at next year. I'm in on him now. I mean, I, I never dropped him from uh, a league that I, I had him in, but I had benched him too because we had talked about like, yeah, this is really not going well. And they just sort of started rattling off dominant starts. I'm going to be all over. Logan Gilbert next year. He is our friend, uh, the Welsh, Chris Welsh. 
He was a huge Gilbert guy when he came up. He knows prospects almost as well as you do, Brandon. Um, and he was all over Gilbert. And Gilbert is exactly what he said, a command guy. You know, he, do, he doesn't, you know, hurt himself with the walks. He's got plenty of strikeouts. I, I'm He's a guy who is basically, I'm going to try to do like one of these 100% shares of in my leagues because I just, I just think that this is a monster waiting to be unleashed next year. Love to hear that. Aaron Nola, five and two thirds, four hits, one run, nine strikeouts. Look, it is what it is with Nola at this point. It has been underwhelming from a run prevention standpoint, but the strikeouts remain elite. I think you and I have beaten the Nola drum to death at this point. Up oh, there yes. it is, Mike Mayer. There's Mayer. 334 cycles versus 314 no hitters. That's surprising to me because of all like the no hitters that we've got going on. We we should close that gap within the next, you know, two years or something like that, given how many no hitters that we get. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, I guess. But uh, that's a fun trivia thing for you always to to wonder about which has more cycles or no hitters. Some studs being studs. Max Scherzer, seven innings, two hits, no runs, seven strikeouts. He has a 0.78 ERA since being traded to the Dodgers. Shohei Otani, eight innings, 10 strikeouts on Sunday against the A's. He had 26 swings and misses. That is incredible. And then Max Fried, seven innings, no runs, five strikeouts on Sunday against the Giants. Very quietly, Max Fried has 10 straight quality starts. It seems like he pitches at least six innings every time out. Freed was a guy who I hadn't thought about almost at all until a close friend of mine was asking about like, hey, what do you think? And I was like, ah, Max Freed, whatever. And he said, take a look at what he's done lately. Yeah, this is great. I mean, Freed was a guy who, again, we kind of thought maybe was outperforming his peripherals for, you know, a little while. But this is great. Starting with confidence. And, uh, you know, I'll probably, again, not as much as Logan Gilbert, but I'll be in on him next year as well. Rostering Max Freed has felt great this season, almost as great as getting a really nice groom and trim in under you, especially when you use the lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. What makes this trimmer different than all others? The new trimmer allows you to customize your trim all over through additional guard lengths with sizes one through four, and the optimized lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof, so you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor. Leading off listeners can get 20% off and free shipping by using that code leading off at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com code leading off hitters to get through Ryan Mountcastle hit his 30th Homer of the season. Shout out Mike mayor Cedric yep. Mullen sold two bases on Saturday. He now has 29 homers and 30 steals for the season. So it definitely seems like he's going to hit, the 30-30 club, is he going to be like a third, fourth round pick next year? It's really hard to argue that he won't be. Uh, I mean, Mullins is a guy who I have in a, in a deeper league. He's awesome. You don't ever think about him. You just constantly see his stats accumulate. But I've always just kind of been like, I'm not going to get excited about Cedric Mullins. But how do you ignore a 30-30 season? And he's going to lead off probably for the Orioles again next year. I think he has to be too much, just given the how difficult it is to fill stolen bases and everything like that. So yeah, third rounder is, is what strikes. Again, I can't wait till you and I are debating our football rankings. You know, the, the football equivalent of what I've done with tags and Yates, where we just yell at each other about where we have guys ranked. That's going to be me and you and mayor coming into next year. But I think so Tuma. third rounder. I, I don't know how you keep him out of there. At least maybe a second rounder. If he's going to go 30, 30, what the heck crazy. Yeah, I think, you know, everything he did this season would obviously support that. It'll just be about the regression. 
I want to note Gavin Lux had a three-hit game on Sunday. Look, I've long forgotten about Gavin Lux, but he's playing left field every day with A.J. Pollock on the I.L. He's hitting 458 since he came back up. That's only 29 plate appearances. The Dodgers do have three games in Coors Field this weekend and also yes. about Coors. Brendan Rodgers, two more road homers this weekend. He had six hits in Washington. 12 of his 14 homers have come on the road. He has an 864 OPS on the road versus 756 at home. That's weird, but obviously we still like him at Coors. And the Rockies play six home games. Lux and Rodgers, do either of them stand out to you or both maybe? Both, actually. Yeah, Rodgers should be rostered more. And I feel like we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. I feel like the reason he hasn't been is because he just he doesn't do anything exceptionally well. Right. It's not like there's one thing where you're like, I need this or I need this. Let me go pick up Brendan Rodgers. It's just like he constantly produces, basically. And he has for, for like a month straight. He really should be rostered pretty much everywhere. And he is, he is in all my league. So I don't know how he's so out there. I guess probably a lot of people tuned out already. But Absolutely. I don't care about the fact that for some reason he's better on the road, as you said, like start him in cores and Lux. Yeah. As long as they are not facing lefties. And I don't think they have lefties this week. I was looking up uh, him earlier today. I think one lefty maybe in their games, but certainly of course, I think you roll with both these guys again, where we have two weeks left. So you're obviously week to week at this point. I think both guys are, are guys you should be starting this week. Quick note on matchups. The Rockies are home for six games. It's three against the Dodgers, three against the Giants. So all hitters from those teams should get priority. And then also the Orioles thing. The Red Sox hitters did great again this weekend because they were facing Baltimore pitching. This week, the Orioles face the Phillies for three games and then yes. the Rangers for four games. So those are the teams to target. It's a re- it's actually Mayor was tweeting about this I saw over the weekend. It's an extremely interesting schedule this week. The other thing I want to add is that the Indians play 9 games this week, which is insane. So unfortunately, what? they don't yeah, they don't have many hitters to stream outside of right. maybe like Miles Straw or Ahmed Rosario, but that is just something to note when making lineups this week. Yeah, it's always so annoying when that happens, right? Where you're like, look at this. I have nobody. It's like when the Rangers, you know, have incredible matchups and you're like, I've got nothing. I've got nothing here. But yeah, Mayor's been great, by the way, about that, about the matchup stuff. I I bother him by texting him all the time. I'm starting Lamont Wade Jr. this week because again, they've they've got some games. Um in uh, in Colorado, uh, I believe this week. So you got to you got to play the matchups at this point, man. Right? You got to you got to do what you can do. So I'm with you. Is Monty Grandal homered on both Saturday and Sunday? He returned in late August. Since then, he's sitting 371 with eight homers and 21 RBIs. I just want to use this as a segue to ask you. It's been a couple weeks now. Salvador Perez still is going nuts. Is he going to be your number one catcher next year? I declined to answer. Um, I I don't know, Tuma. I really don't. This is just not something that should happen. Like, I have a very difficult time with this when it should not be happening. Um prop maybe. I'm not I it's him or I don't know. I don't know. I refuse to answer. He might not be. I'm not kidding. Like maybe this is wrong. Um, but prop he it might still be real Muto. Sorry. Prez actually had a, a really bad weekend. <laughs> I just had to. I knew him. it. I knew he'd stink eventually. Absolutely. I used the Grindal note to segue into that. But yeah, I went. I went on a whole Perez rant on Friday with Mayo because he has like forty more RBIs in the next highest. Catcher. It's nuts. So, it's just it yeah. makes no sense. This doesn't happen when you are thirty-one years old and everything like that. Like it just doesn't. I, I yeah. don't know what to say. 
So. The positional advantage. It's something we talk about in football a lot, you know, with like yeah. Travis Kelsey at tight end, but not never in baseball. And that's kind of what it reminds me of. I yeah. wanted to know on Frank Schwindel, obviously he's been a popular player that we've been talking about. He has kept it up. I've, I've started looking into him a little bit more and more and understanding his background. And yeah, I guess his thing has always been, he's a contact hitter. Yeah. So that's why the K percent is so reasonable. Again, when both him and Patrick wisdom, we're heating up in a big way. We said fade wisdom more so because of his insane strikeout rate. And Schwindel is overperforming his expected stats, but I kind of think he's going to hang around as, you know, just a serviceable major league player, probably nothing ever similar, similar to this, but it doesn't look like he's going to be just an enormous flash in the pan. I currently have Schwindel on my bench in my finals, in my dead league. So mayor expect 17 texts later today uh, asking you to guide me in that decision because I he's like been a guy who I've been trying to get off of. I've been like, OK, I got I got the best of them. I got the best of them. I'm done. And he just keeps going right now. So, yeah, been very, very impressive. He has the Adelise Garcia thing going where he's like crushing fastballs, but doing horrible yep. against breaking balls. There's the garage. Every time. Doesn't matter when I podcast. Doesn't matter. My wife is going to be opening that garage door every time. Uh, quickly, just a couple duds, Garrett Cole, five and two thirds, 10 hits, seven runs on Sunday against the Indians came at a horrible time, but what are you going to do? Not start Garrett Cole. Of course, you're still going to start him. I just wanted to know in case anyone is still even looking at them, both Casey Mize and Tariq Skubal have been limited to three innings or less in each of their past three starts. They are clearly limiting those guys innings. So don't use them these last two weeks. We're moving on to the home run leaderboards. Yes. Yeah. Okay, uh, Joey P uh, still still leads with 33, but I am tied with Randy, who called J.D. Martinez on Sunday, and I called Jordan Alvarez over the weekend as well. Uh, Smalls is also up to 30 after calling Jared Kelnick. Goodness gracious, 1,193. Hopefully, we can pass the 1,200 mark today, but Joey P leads. I'm in second with Randy at 32. Go-Card's been on a heater at 31 lawnmower man 4.4 smalls and helpless in miami at 30 Derek from texas akak and d gordon liddy who slid a little bit at 29 turf dergerson 28 mayor 27 wonky at 26 good to see her moving up again cat box at 24 and raucous tiger 23 and the clown prince at 23 this is going to go down to the wire and again we talked about the matchups man i mean it, it's not fair he gets the Harper gets the Orioles and he's into perpetuity with Joey P. So whatever, we'll deal with that. But uh, yeah, that's it's it's going to be a fight here till the end. I was just going to say, we'll get to your pick after DFS real quick, but we do have worlds colliding with the Phillies going up against the Orioles for the first three games. But uh, DFS seven game slate on Monday. Mondays are obviously always a little bit lighter. Who are you starting with at starting pitcher? I mean, I think that it has to begin with Robbie Ray, who's just been fantastic and is going for the Cy Young. Now, you're going to pay for him in cash games going up against the Rays. $11,000 on Fandle, 10-2 on DraftKings. Freddie Peralta also makes an intriguing option coming off a, a very solid start. Only 8900 on Fandle, 9200 on DraftKings, so you could pay down. But uh, he does go against the Cards, who are basically invincible at the moment. Framber Valdez, who was scratched last time. Against the Angels, 9,300, 9,500. Sean Manaya uh, uh, against Seattle, obviously, good matchup. 9,600 on Fandle. So I'm, I'm, I'd am i rather pivot there 
to Freddie Peralta uh, or somebody. And 8,900 on DraftKings, you can kind of live with that. But on FanDuel, I'm probably going to wind up either paying up for Robbie Ray or pivoting to Freddie Peralta, at least in cash. This is Robbie Ray's moment. Cole struggled yesterday on Sunday. So if he has a dominant outing against the race tonight, that could be the Cy Young moment game stacks. I do kind of, Mike could just honestly be making up names when I read these game stacks with the opposing pitchers. And I would never have any idea, but we have the Yankees going against AJ Alexi of the Rangers. And then we have the Brewers going against Jake Woodford of the Cardinals baseball is so funny in that sense. We follow it, you know, in the 99th percentile of humans. And yet there are <laughs> names that we still have no idea who they are. So again, the Yankees and the Brewers for your team stacks, but for some individual lineup builders, we have Andrew McCutcheon going up against John means and the Orioles, of course, 3000 on FanDuel, 3,500 on DraftKings. Eddie Rosario fresh off his cycle against Mejia in Arizona, 2,600 on FanDuel, 2,500 on DraftKings. Josh Harrison been really hot um, uh, going up against Seattle and Tyler Anderson, 2,900, 4,400 on DraftKings, 4,400. It's a little too pricey, but on family, you can get away with it. Austin Hayes also been hot going up against Suarez from the Phillies, 2,900 on Fendel and 3,200 on DraftKings. There you have it. And your home run call of the night, the big moment we've been waiting for. Will Dan try to cancel out Bryce Harper for the next three days? Or will he just try to outright beat Joe Pizapia? I, I think Mayor has it right. I've got to figure out a way to get ahead of Joe and then just call Harper for the remainder of the year just to cancel him out. I will go with that. Um, now go cards wants me to uh, go with Ray. Uh, okay, I am going to. I I went back and forth about this. Part of me wanted to call Jordan Alvarez, um, but I am going to go with the Yankees against a non-real human named AJ Alexi, and I'm going to go with Stanton for my official home run call. Giancarlo Stanton going yard. Yankee Stadium, let's go. There you have it, Giancarlo Stanton for the home run call of the night for the Yankees who are playing meaningless games at this point because the Red Sox are running away with the wild card spot. And I will be at that home wild card game when we host it at Fenway Park, no matter how negative Mayor is in our group chat. <laughs> it's time to go. There are fantasy baseball championships to win. Reach out to Dan and Mike. And I and Joe on Twitter and in Discord with questions. Let us know how you're doing in our leagues. We really do love to hear that. Dan and I will be back tomorrow and every day this week. Thank you, everyone. And happy Shane Baz Day. Mm